Hi, it's Stephanie Pappas, and welcome to the Sacred Slut Podcast, a place where we discuss how to honor your sacred sexuality. Each week, I share about how to activate your love life in the most conscious, embodied, and connected way. My journey has taken me from party girl to priestess. I remember struggles I had when I was in party girl mode and hope to offer what I've learned along the way transitioning to priestess. Welcome. I am so excited to welcome our guest today. She is a good friend of mine, Luna, who is a liberation activator. She specializes in emotional freedom, creative freedom, and sexual freedom. And she is also a Tantra facilitator and emotional release coach. And she leads workshops all over the world. So thank you so much for joining me today, Luna. So excited to be here, Stephanie. Like, thank you so much for having me. Any opportunities that we can come and talk about freedom and liberation just completely ignites my entire soul. So Mm, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. So the first question I would love to ask you is how do you put pleasure first in your life? Mm, It's a great question to start with. So for me, pleasure goes so far beyond the physical body. And I can thank a lot of my practices in Tantra and studying Tantra and really understanding that pleasure is available in every single moment of every single day. Mm-hmm. And pleasure to me is solely sensation and awareness of life. Being able to feel being alive, feeling the air move across my cheeks when I'm outside, actually observing the colors and the plants that are around me, the connections and the qualities of intimacy that I'm having with my friends, the way that my hair feels on my on my skin. Mm-hmm. These are the subtle but very powerful sensations that I believe pleasure to be if we can attune ourselves to see it that way. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I yeah, find I... that it's it's quite taboo. You know, it's a taboo <laughs> yeah. frame of, of, of living. It is because it's almost seen as like bad. But um, yeah, I love that viewpoint that you just gave and just kind of it all comes back to presence, I think, and being aware of like what sensations you can feel in the moment. So I love that. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of confusion around like what Tantra is and like how you can practice that in your love life. So can you maybe just give us a little bit of a breakdown of what it means and and the type of Tantra that you practice? Yeah, absolutely. So I will explain what Tantra means to me. And then I have a very clear visual that I find to be super helpful for people as well. So Mm -hmm. Tantra to me is increasing sensitivity to pleasure, to life into being alive. And Tantra is actually having more of a serendipitous approach to human connection and the connection that we have with ourselves. To even broaden that even more, the connection that we have to energy, whether we consider ourselves spiritual or more scientific on the spectrum or more in the middle, simply having more awareness and intention behind why we do what we do Mm -hmm. is absolutely the foundation of, at least for me, what Tantra is. Mm -hmm. Tantra to me has poured so much life and thoughtfulness into every single action, activity, 
practice, ritual, intimate connection that I have and really have ever had, even before I was consciously aware that that's what I was doing when I was like a high school kid, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So So (laughs) it has more to do than just with sex. Like, why is it, why is it so focused on sex? You know, so to give a couple of different perspectives, I find that Tantra can have a bit of a shadow, um, as all things have a polarity charge dependent on the opinion and the perspective of who's talking about it. So Tantra can sometimes feel all about sex because in my personal experience and perspective, it goes directly to the triggers that actually prevent us from living a fully liberated sex positive life. Tantra is saying, actually, yeah, let's look deeply into the eyes of who we're connecting with and let's be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, as scary as it is, let's actually take off the mask Mm -hmm. and allow ourselves to be so deeply and vulnerably seen by either ourselves or by our partner. And in modern society, sex really has become super, super, um, uh, what's the word for it? Almost outcome focused mm-hmm. where we're removing a lot of that intention because we're so focused on a goal. Mm-hmm. We're so focused on what is it that we're getting out of this and what are the expectations that we're putting onto this experience? Will I have an orgasm? Will this partner know how to do it? Will I be able to focus and know how to do it? And mm-hmm. what Tantra has been for me and my practices is dissolving every single one of those things and actually approaching connection from a space of authenticity and integrity and present moment mm-hmm. rather than having a goal or an outcome focused on it. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. I think that's why I like um, the erotic blueprints that I work with so much too, because I think figuring out like what your sex language is and what your partner's sex language is, it takes you out of that like focus on the goal. And it's really more about the experience of how you can like give and receive pleasure. Um, and I do think it's, it's really crazy how goal focused we have become like in sexuality. And it's like, can this person give me an orgasm? Can I perform? Can I like, and there's like so much pressure, which is where like faking orgasms comes in. And it's like, people aren't even like enjoying the experience because they feel like they have to perform. And it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like I saw something about this recently where it's like, no one can like give you an orgasm. It's not, this person is like giving it to you. It's just that you're experiencing this this like experience together and being in this moment together, which I think Tantra really brings that to the moment. So yeah, I, I love that explanation. I think it opens up the space to so much more play when you, when you look at it from that point of view and take away the goal. Yeah. And I love that you bring up resources that are available to us like the erotic blueprints, because Mm -hmm. when we are able to prioritize actually turning inward and discovering who we are as sexual beings, then it only sets us up to win when we are now in the spaces of connecting with others. And I remember when I took my first erotic blueprint quiz, a part of me was like, (laughs) oh yeah, I always knew I was that. Of course I'm essential, by the way. Um, And at the same time, a shapeshifter and Mm -hmm. and being able to give myself permission to not have to only align with one way of enjoying pleasure. 
and mm-hmm. receiving pleasure or giving pleasure that mm-hmm. I have full permission and freedom through my own inner awareness to transform and shape shift into ever whoever I desire to be moment to moment and regardless mm-hmm. of who I'm with, even in my own form of self-pleasure in ways that I'm connecting with myself intimately, that can shift moment to moment. So yes. I agree with you that the more resources that we're giving ourselves to better understand our inner workings, the more we're able to show up more presently through intimacy. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, that's so funny. I'm actually still working on like expanding fully into the shapeshifter. And I always joke and I'm like, shapeshifters scare me because there's so much going on. And I'm like, I'm an energetic. And so it gets really overwhelming for me. So, but yeah, yes. I love, I love the shapeshifter. Um, so mm-hmm. you were also talking about kind of like removing the mask and just like really dropping into your authentic self. And, and um, it just reminded me of, this temple party that you just hosted and how it was really about like connecting in the moment and really feeling free to express your sexuality. But there were also some boundaries included. So I would love if you could kind of explain a temple party for us. Yeah. Oh, temple parties are my favorite. (laughs) And which, by the way, I experienced temple parties through my exploration of Tantra And so through Tantra festivals, which someone that is new or getting into Tantra, I'm always like, go to a Tantra festival because you have this umbrella of offerings that you can take any direction. Tantra is such a large umbrella and way of living. Um, Then you can explore based upon what you're interested in. And prior to Tantra festivals, I had experienced lifestyle play parties in the past and something that I felt was missing was again, intention, like having more thoughtfulness into what we're doing and why we're doing it. And then also learning how to slow down. Mm -hmm. And through the Tantra temples and the experience that you were there with me and we had together, there were some boundaries and agreements that were set up around slowing down and removing the goal from what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And so through the Tantra temple specifically, there are different levels that we can set dependent on the experience of the group, the desires of the group and the overall container. Mm -hmm. And being that we had such a mixture and plethora of experienced (laughs) people versus as well as non-experienced, I set the boundary for the intimacy to stop right before penetration. So no penetration was allowed. And when we remove that, what else? what happens, what's Mm -hmm. possible Mm -hmm. when we remove the goal. And something that I shared, if you remember, um, which is a great example, is that prior to this, I led a a self-love ritual and I I co-facilitated this um, through one of my team. And through this ritual and this experience that we did, we're teaching people how can we connect to ourselves and to the body in a way that is removing the outcome when we are just masturbating, for example, mm-hmm. there's a goal there. Yep. Maybe we're doing it to release tension. Maybe we're doing it to just quickly just get off, get our minds off something or to feel that little jolt of a rise of energy and of pleasure. And then it's over with, and then we're going about our day. Um, and we typically have a rigorous routine. We have, we, we know what we like. We're mm-hmm. just disconnected. Mm-hmm. The heart and the genitals 
are disconnected in that space. Mm -hmm. And then when we go one step more into more intentional space, then there's self-pleasure. So maybe self-pleasure involves more of a variety. Maybe we're doing moves and we're caressing ourselves in ways that we don't normally do, like Mm -hmm. in the comfort zone. And we're exploring a little differently. However, there's still a deeper level to reach within pleasure and within intimacy. And that one step above is self-love. And when we are operating intimacy from a space of our own self-love, what becomes possible? And the answer to that is infinite possibilities. (laughs) So maybe I'm looking at myself in a mirror and I'm just taking in the beauty of myself. I'm taking in like, wow, like, look at your eyes, like you are so beautiful and, and actually doing things that prior to me awakening and having this conscious awareness, I would have thought is vain. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, I don't want to look at myself in the mirror. That feels like I'm just feeling myself too much. <laughs> but then it's important to reflect and listen to these stories and this programming that we're telling ourselves that is ultimately getting us further and further away from our own heart space, from our mm-hmm. own essence of what makes us who we are. Yeah. And so self-love rituals can look like energetic play. It can look like not even touching yourself, but hovering your hand over your body and feeling the sensations that happen simply through that space. Mm-hmm. With a partner, it could be playing energetically and feeling what happens when my partner's hand gets close to my heart and then pulls away or mm-hmm. moves closer to my yoni and then stops there and then pulls away. We're able to operate from much more of a space of ultimately feels like an innocence because we're removing, we're removing all of the adult programming that we're given. And we're solely going to the base foundation, which is love, Mm -hmm. which is connection, which is present moment sensation and response to that sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just getting chills when you were talking about self-love and just... I love all of that that you just said. Um, I think mirror work is such a great tool. Um, can you maybe describe like what that looks like a little bit? So if people want to try it out. Yeah. So like some mirror work, if I'm mm-hmm. hearing correctly, yeah. with self-love. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of my favorites. So having a handheld mirror is nice because it's really easy to keep by your bedside or you can take it with you when you travel. And I ultimately like to start off just simply holding the mirror in front of my face and taking in myself, taking Mm -hmm. in my energy, my essence, actually making eye contact with myself and gazing at Mm -hmm. my own eyes, which felt very weird at first. It's like, whoa, okay. Like, Yep. You're almost like I, I'm I'm feeling the experience of an outside person, but it's it's internally me. Mm-hmm. And we don't look at ourselves in the mirror very often, like most and of like us make don't. eye contact. And so yeah. <laughs> actual eye contact that is uninterrupted. We're not like shooting eye to eyeball. We're just present in that mm-hmm. space. And I love to at first just receive myself from a space of neutrality. So that means without judgment, without internal voices of, oh, look at your face. Oh, you got a breakout right here. Like we're constantly judging. We're constantly criticizing not only our external world, but all of that reflects internally as well. So I take some time through breath, through dropping in 
through actually dropping my focus out of my head and into my body. And I just breathe in my own essence. I really take that in. So maybe I'm bringing the mirror a little closer into my face to focus on my nose or my lips and just studying the the different shapes and the linings, like Mm -hmm. actually approaching myself from a place of curiosity, Mm -hmm. from a place of unbiased, taking myself in. And as I continue to do this, I begin to feel this level of turn on. It's a natural sensation of life force energy and awareness when we're when we're taking ourselves in from a space of curiosity rather than from a space of judgment or expectation, right? Mm-hmm. And as the mirror continues to move down, you go on an exploration journey with all parts of your body. Maybe you're exploring your arms, maybe you're exploring your chest, your nipples, your belly button, and then getting down to your genitals like in your own time frame and just gazing, Mm -hmm. gazing at the beauty that is your body, your unique essence that is solely you. There is not one other yoni or lingam that is a mimic or copy to yours. Mm -hmm. And just as well as with the face, taking that in breathing into it. And it's quite profound what happens when we actually devote a container for this practice without distraction. I sometimes like to have headphones in and just put myself into some music frequencies so that I'm not getting distracted or listening to what my neighbors are doing. (laughs) Just giving myself an intentional solitude space of taking Mm -hmm. myself in. And there's no goal. Maybe that's all I do for 30 minutes or to an hour. Mm-hmm. I remember I felt I've fallen asleep before just like <laughs> taking myself in because I was so there and I was meditating mm-hmm. through it and then just whoom, knocked out. But that's what I needed. Yeah. My, yeah. I believe that that's what my own yoni, my body said that rest now, mm-hmm. like just rest because you've been working hard all week. So that's a practice I would recommend doing and, and mm-hmm. without a goal, without an expectation, just starting to take ourselves in more intentionally. Yeah. I highly recommend that as well. It's so yummy. Um, And I definitely like to call, I've kind of started calling like masturbation self-pleasure rather than masturbation because I feel like that opens it up a little bit more. Um, And I always have my clients do like a vibrator detox um, because I feel like it's just become so programmed that we like grab our favorite vibrator and we like get off as fast as possible. So I think just opening that space up of self-love, which I love that. I love adding that layer on top of it onto self-pleasure and then taking the goal away so you can really just get to know your own body and your own self. So thank you for sharing that. And this comes from a pro like people pleaser, recovering people pleaser of constantly (gasps) being in my head and unable to orgasm, right? You know. So it's like, yeah, these practices are tried and true and they ultimately support us in every single area of our life. So Mm -hmm. thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, I was trying to remember the other thing that came up for me while you were talking um, about the self-love and just the boundaries of the no penetration is um, I also – like to do like little sex life challenges with my clients where um, maybe they're taking like sexual intercourse or penetration off the table for a while and they see like such crazy amazing results from doing that. So I think it can be fun to just play around with those boundaries within your relationship um, and see what happens when you take that off of the table and how much deeper you can go with each other 
um, and how much more you can connect just intimately. Absolutely. And something I'd love to add as well for those of you listening that may want to explore this and actually take off the penetration and start to see, okay, what happens in my connections and my relationships when I remove this from the table? Oftentimes being ready for whatever wants to come up, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable is a huge part of it as well, because Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes up when we remove the penetration is very often insecurity Mm -hmm. because there is so much programming around how we're performing, how we're pleasing our partners, especially, I mean, with both male identifying and female identifying, but like just even the genitals alone of the lingam that has Mm -hmm. this expectation to be hard Mm -hmm. and this expectation to go a long time and, and expectation for the yoni to be a certain moisture level. There's, there's all of these expectations that have been programmed. So many expectations. Yeah. So (laughs) many. So we're, we're, we're doing this work, not only for us, but like for the ancestors and people who came before us. And Mm, so have a lot of grace have a lot of grace and compassion for yourself because what can come up is a beautiful opportunity to actually process through those things, to, to move through stagnant energy and trauma even mm-hmm. that can be present around how we've built ourselves up to be for mm-hmm. our entire lives up until that moment. Yeah. Thank so you so much. I have seen couples, of course, I've yeah. seen couples grow so deeper in their relationships, have conversations about topics that they've never talked about before, even as individuals, like, whoa, I want to bring this up to my sister or my therapist and and talk about what came up for me through that. So approaching it from the most neutral space possible and the most patient space possible Mm -hmm. will be the most supportive in that practice for sure. Yeah, definitely. I was just going to say thank you because I think it's so important to be aware that that uncomfortability is going to come up. So thank you for sharing that. And Mm -hmm. with that of like the healing aspect of it and all of that shit that can come up, like once you're doing these practices, um, you know, one of our favorite things to do is shadow work and like working through the past traumas that we've gone through. And I know both of us do a lot of that within our work. Um, Is there anything coming up for you or that you'd want to share when it comes to shadow work? and how this can help you as you're like going through these practices with your partner. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. What a good juicy question, Stephanie. (laughs) So yes, actually as a Scorpio and by that, I'm not even the most like astrology (sighs) strong, but as someone that I'm typically leaning into more intensity and discomfort rather than not Mm -hmm. because I love so much what the discomfort teaches me about myself. Shadow work is to shine a light or a mirror inward and actually reclaim the parts of ourself that have been previously rejected or denied. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing a shadow work with retreat on January 21st, which before we end, I'd love to share. Yes, definitely. And the whole focus, yeah, the whole focus is giving ourselves an opportunity to become whole again. And that feels really fucking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's when the world says to go right and just focus on the comfort, focus on what's easy, stay in your lane, stay in your loop, don't reach too high, 
shadow work is choosing to go left and to mm -hmm. say, I trust what's on the other side of my fear way more than I trust what's currently in front of me. Mm -hmm. So shadow work is for warriors. Shadow work is for the future generations of leaders. It's for people that are saying, I'm done operating in this way of conforming in this way of just doing what I'm told and, and wearing these societal masks. It's actually mm -hmm. saying that I want to take the courageous look inward and see mm -hmm. how can everything that happened to me actually be something that happened for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, shadow work yes. can be really scary and it is like work, you know? Um, and mm -hmm. Shadow work, um, the way you'll kind of maybe notice that you might need to do this type of work is um, if you feel like you have some repeating patterns in your life or things that you feel like you're blocked from experiencing in your life, these can be tied back to like certain shadows or instances that happened that that's the reason this repeating pattern keeps on coming up. So I just wanted to mention that. That's you. It's, I'm glad you said that, Stephanie, because that's a very pivotal part of successfully making it through the shadow work. So very often times people will be met at the door to shadow work. But the moment we open that door, we're like, oh, nope, that was too much. Let me close that door. I'm spiraling. I'm cycling. This is scary. Why did I do this? And when we can actually go and approach that door again from a space of this is my heart speaking to me. Mm -hmm. of what needs to heal. This is actually my internal voice. Triggers are solely our own self speaking to us. Our brain is so intelligent that it has the ability to cycle over and over again where our current blockage is. Mm -hmm. And so completely reprogramming our relationship to fear, I find is a number one necessity in evolution in personal development and actually taking responsibility to grow as a human. It's mm -hmm. learning that fear is an invitation for me to step into the unknown and learn and gain something that I've never had before, mm -hmm. which is ultimately freedom, more happiness, more alignment and fulfillment with our purpose. I mean, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of practice because you'll, like the more aware you get, the more you'll start noticing when these things come up, but then practicing like not reacting to them and coming at them from a space of like welcoming and curiosity. And it just, I feel like I'm constantly practicing it even today, you know, it's just like a constant practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's huge. And I'm sure like <clears throat> Stephanie, as you're practicing it, you're setting yourself up with support at the same time so that like mm -hmm. knowing that I'm not alone in this. And so I find that it's super important as someone is pursuing shadow work to lean in for support, whether mm -hmm. that's yeah. through taking a, a workshop or a program or having a therapist, having a friend that's also doing mm -hmm. it, yeah. reading articles about it, what's actually happening to me as I face this is huge because mm -hmm. um, as someone that didn't necessarily do those things, there were definitely a lot of dark nights of the soul where mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm about to lose my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, am I ever going to come back from this? Yeah. And the truth is, as I look back to those versions of myself, 
it's like, no, I'm actually not going to come back from this because mm -hmm. I made the conscious choice to never go backwards yeah, ever chills. again. <laughs> yep. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, if we can ultimately make it through that leap of the discomfort and the unknown and trust even deeper, the net will come. Mm -hmm. Jump and the net will come. Yeah. And I live by that. Yes, I totally do too. I love that. Mm -hmm. So, is there anything else that's coming up for you that you'd want to share about Tantra or pleasure or sexual freedom? Yeah, what's alive for me to share is ultimately, as much as we can remove the judgments, that's as much as we can do that, like do it as much as possible. Um, I invite those that are interested in just having either deeper energetic connections in their relationships, exploring Tantra, exploring opening up their sexuality, anything along those lines, it has to be done from a space of self. It has to be done from a space of listening to what is my heart whispering to me that I want, because we live in a world that is so opinion heavy that it takes less than two seconds to be talked out of something mm -hmm. by someone or mm -hmm. some sense of ref like media around us that like, oh, this is not safe or this is bad. I mean, not to mention our foundational stru structures, excuse me, in religion and and so many things that are just like, ah, like this is not safe. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. So my invitation is to breathe, to really just take a breath and breathe into what is in my highest excitement. What type of life do I envision myself having? Is it one that is full of liberation and freedom and desire and passion where I can embody my flow state and embody my artistry, my creativity, my sensuality. And that was the whisper that ultimately guided me through the past four or five years of my life. Mm -hmm. And that whisper is never wrong. Yes. It may not be exactly the way that we're hoping, but if you trust that what your heart is whispering to you will get you through, it will get you through. Mm -hmm. so. I love that. That's, that's the biggest thing I would add. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I'm honored to be here and to talk about something that is so passionate for me. And yes, um, yeah, on January 21st, I'm also excited to share that we're, we're doing a shadow work retreat and it's called Inner Revolution. And it'll be a day retreat in Los Angeles that is centered around everything we're speaking about, dissolving all of the outdated belief systems, programmings, frameworks, and thought patterns that are no longer serving your life. Mm -hmm. So this is done through emotional release journeys that we go on together, which Steph, you know about the <laughs> emotional release work, yeah. whether it's through swamping, through mm -hmm. music, through giving ourselves a safe space to just rage out and feel what has been suppressed. Yep. Moving from that into masterminding and recreating now that we've cleaned house and we got all that out, mm -hmm. what do we want to fill our house with? and having support to build that. We use mirror technology from start to finish so that every single thing that comes up is a reflection on areas that we are out ultimately desiring to grow. Yeah. And then we full circle with some meditation, a sound, a sound, a sacred sound a meditation journey as well. And so, yeah, if there's any information that anyone would like mm -hmm. on that, I'd be happy to share it. Yeah. And you guys, Luna's workshops are incredible. I just heard nothing but amazing things. So check that out. Um, how can, 
how can people find you? Yeah, thanks for asking. So my handle is Lightwork Luna. That is my brand. So you can search Lightwork Luna on Instagram. My website is also lightworkluna.com. And we have the website also reachinghigherrealms.com. That is my sister, Carissa, and my co-facilitator. She is a fellow shadow diver. Uh, we call ourselves shadow divers because <laughs> when you think of skydivers that literally jump out of planes for a living, what is their relationship to fear? They're looking at fear as a full fuck yes. Mm -hmm. And the same way with our shadows. If we look at what scares us and we can dive in with a full fuck yes, we are shadow divers. We are saying yes to growth, yes to expansion. And Carissa has her website, Reaching Higher Realms. She's advertising it there. And yeah, we'll both be there on the 21st. So awesome. Oh my God. I love shadow divers. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Luna, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having you today. Mm, it felt so good. Thank you for bringing up such yes. important conversations to be had. Like, wow, what a time to be alive. And <laughs> I'm excited to see just what you continue to create as well, Stephanie. Thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you for being on the front line for inner freedom. It's so important. And we're in this together. Mm, thank you. <sighs> Sacred. I'm so grateful to be able to share so openly about all things sex and relationships. So if you loved this episode, share it with your friends, subscribe, and I would love if you could leave me a review in the iTunes store. And as a free gift, I'll share with you a guided sacred womb meditation. Simply email a screenshot of your review over to Stephanie at coachingbystephanie.com and I'll send you over this beautiful meditation. Thank you.